The following contains language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show! in your life on this Wednesday, September 16, 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're doing well. And as always, we are presented by Modelo. Modelo Especial. Brewed for those with a fighting spirit. And my friends, we got a great Hawani show lined up for all of you today. I am very excited about today's show. Not only will we be talking to one half of the UFC 253 main event, which of course goes down next Saturday, September 26th in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island. We'll be talking to the reigning defending UFC middleweight champion, the one and only Israel Adesanya. It's always great to talk to him. And this is a very interesting Izzy that we talked to this week, Uh, a calm, cool, and collected, relaxed, dare I say reflective Izzy. Um, Not very hyped up, but it, it made for a fascinating chat. So I really hope... You enjoy it as much as I did. We'll also talk to one half of the co-main event on the same card, UFC 253, next Saturday night. Jan Bojovic, who, of course, goes up against Dominic Reyes for the vacant light heavyweight title. John Jones vacated the title. We've talked about this ad nauseum. So the uh, the pride of Poland is on his way to Abu Dhabi, and he'll be fighting for that title. We'll talk to him about that. But we will also be going to the NBA bubble in Orlando, Florida, to be exact. And we'll be talking to the starting point guard for your Miami Heat, who, by the way, are in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. They're one of the last four teams remaining in the NBA playoffs. They're up 1-0 on the Boston Celtics. Had a tremendous game last night, uh, which ended in an incredible block by Bam Adebayo and Jason Tatum. We're talking to Goran Dragic, who is a... Tremendous NBA player, a veteran of the league, has played for the Suns, the Rockets, the Heat, big part of their team, leading scorer last night, by the way, 29 points. And on top of all of that, I'm not just talking to him because I'm a big NBA guy, he is a massive MMA fan, huge MMA fan. So I'm really looking forward to talking to him about the sport, why he loves it, how long he's liked it, all that stuff and more. So stick around for that. You know I love those kinds of interviews. So we got a very eclectic, fun show planned for all of you today. But uh, a lot of focus on next weekend's pay-per-view. Of course, we have to focus on this week's show as well. And on Saturday in Las Vegas, it is what I think is the best non-pay-per-view main card of 2020. It's the card headlined by Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. Also, the return of Donald Cowboy Cerrone going up against Nico Price, which is a very fun fight. Um, for both guys, both fun styles. Of course, for Cerrone, lost his last four in a row, needs to get back on track. Price wins one, lose one, wins one, lose. But either it gets knocked out or knocks people out. So that should be fun. The return of Hamzat Shemaev, which we talked about last week with his opponent, Gerald Mershart. Johnny Walker against Ryan Spahn is a fun fight as well. Mackenzie Dern against Randa Marcos and Kevin Holland against Darren Stewart. Really fun main card. That's this Saturday in Las Vegas. And I can't wait for it. I can't believe after two and a half years, we are finally getting Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. This is a fight that dates back to when, of course, Tyron Woodley was the welterweight champion. And Colby was 
uh, a quote-unquote teammate at American Top Team, and all of a sudden Colby started to come into his own with this heel persona that he now, you know, very much has adopted. And, you know, he started to call out the champ, Tyron Woodley. And at first we were all kind of surprised, like these guys trained together. These guys, you know, there was a time when Tyron brought Colby to St. Louis to train with him and they've trained together in Florida and whatnot. You're calling out your teammate, teammate versus teammate. This is going to divide American top team. But over time, it seemed like, you know, Colby doesn't really care about that sort of thing and, and more power to him. And then he eventually... They tried to book him to fight after he beat Damian Maia. They tried to book him to fight against Tyron while Tyron was the champ, but that couldn't come to fruition, and that became a theme for this feud and this rivalry. So they had him fight Rafael Dos Anjos in Chicago for the interim belt, and I remember he beat him, and he got on the mic. He said, Tyrone, where are you at, Tyrone? Showed up to the press conference with a uh, with a, a bottle of water that said Tyron's tears on it, and, and he was just playing up the fight. And then they tried to book it in September of that year, 2018, in Dallas, and Colby had to have no surgery and they thought that he was dragging his feet. So they got mad at him and they booked him. Uh, they booked Tyron against Darren Till. We all know how that went. Then they tried to book him in January of the following year, but couldn't come to fruition. They ended up canceling that card. Then they tried to book him in March of the following year, 2019. Couldn't come to terms. So then they went with Kamara Usman. Kamara Usman wins. And then we thought we'd never get the fight. And on and on it went. We even tried to you know, see, and not we, but I wasn't a part of it, but they tried to book it a few months ago. didn't come to fruition. But finally on Saturday, we are getting Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. I can't wait for it. It's a great fight. It's an important fight for both guys. Tyron needs to get back on track. Lost his last two in a row. Colby coming off the loss to Kamaru Usman. We haven't seen him in 2020. So a lot at stake here. I feel like this fight is going to be a referendum on Tyron's career, the state of his career. Can he get back on track? Can he be a player? Or is he just, you know, a stepping stone now? And for Colby, changing teams, first time he's not fighting under the ATT umbrella. He's been very quiet. I've sent him like three, four texts leading up to this fight. No reply, ghosted me. Where is he at mentally? Who's who's his team? Who's his corner? We don't even know. So there's a lot of questions here. I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. So all of that is going on this Saturday. Also, earlier today, I reported uh, the, the saga that is Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson continues. UFC says that they are moving on. They are trying to book Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler, the uh, former Bellator lightweight champion and the the now free agent. They're close to a deal with Michael Chandler. Uh, they're the front runner to sign him. And he's the guy that Dana White has been talking about to replace Dustin Poirier. But that is not a done deal. And it sounds like Ferguson is kind of sticking to his guns on this one and wants to fight Poirier. So we're seeing some unity here with both guys. They really want to fight each other. Does that force the UFC to go back to the the... The negotiation table, so to speak, and book that fight. Um, I think that you'll have a top lightweight fight on that 254 card next month in Abu Dhabi because you want, at least the UFC wants, to have a backup lightweight fight in case something happens to either Khabib Nurmagomedov or Justin Gaethje. Remember what happened, you know, going into 251 with Usman and Burns. So they want to have a top ranked lightweight fight. The original plan was Ferguson versus Gaethje excuse me, Ferguson versus Poirier, Gaethje fighting Khabib. And if something happened to Gaethje, Ferguson would get bumped to the main. If something happened to Khabib, Poirier would get bumped to the main. Now, if they can't make that fight, they wanted to do Ferguson versus Chandler. And we don't know if that's going to happen. Do they even try to do Chandler-Poirier at this point? Do they try to do Chandler versus Dan Hooker just to have a top-ranked fight? I think Chandler ends up on the card if they sign him regardless, just so they can have a backup fight 
Um, I'd love to see the Ferguson Poirier fight and then Chandler fight someone like a Hooker or Felder. I think that's the most fair and what makes the most sense. So we'll see how it all plays out. Very much a developing, evolving situation. That's next month in Abu Dhabi. This month, though, in Abu Dhabi, the UFC returns next Saturday, September 26th. And the main event is Israel Adesanya against Paulo Costa, a fight that is uh, a year or so in the making as well. And a fight that makes a little bit of history in its own right. It's just the second time in UFC history that two undefeated male fighters compete for the UFC undisputed title. First time was UFC 98. Rashad Evans against Leona Machida back in 2009. 11 years later, we get it for the second time. And we spoke to Israel today from Las Vegas as he gets set to go out to Abu Dhabi. Here is that very enlightening conversation. Let's kick things off today with the man who will be headlining UFC 253 on Saturday of next weekend in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island. He is the reigning defending UFC middleweight champion. He is the one and only, the last style bender himself, Israel Adesanya. Izzy, how are you? Very well, my man. What's up? It's good to talk to you again. Um, would it be fair to say that this has been one of the more unique training camps of your entire fight career just given the fact, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you had to spend most of the time leading up to this fight living at the gym in Auckland? Uh, more unique training camps. One of, yes, but it just reminded me of China, the, um, the nostalgia of it, because I've done this with one of my teammates already in the past, uh, living in the gym, training in the gym. And um, yeah, it, is, it was pretty unique, but I think it was a, it was a blessing in disguise. Okay, so for those that don't know, um, my understanding is, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, lockdown in, in Auckland, so you guys decided as a team that you would live at the gym, at City Kickboxing, so that you can continue to train together. Um, if that is correct, mm -hmm. how long did you actually have to do that? And where, where in fact, did you guys sleep? Uh, we did that for about two weeks, and we slept pretty much the, the upstairs is the jiu-jitsu mats, so we turned that into a, a makeshift marae, which is a living area in Tereo. Um, what else? Uh, there's uh, a few physio rooms that some of the boys stayed in as well. Uh, like Kai likes a little bit of privacy, so he stayed in one of those. So did Eugene. Um, but um, yeah, we spent about two weeks and a bit in, in the gym, just living there, breathing, and training. Yeah, so eat, sleep, train, repeat. That was that was the vibe. Wow, and you couldn't leave. Uh we could go get groceries. We could go, you know get like fast food uh we went biking one day just for or we went running so you could leave but it was you, you had to have your bubble in a certain place so mm. instead of you know not being able to train or training at our own houses individually we decided to bunker up together and train at the gym well and, and how many guys total uh 10 it was a maximum of 10 okay and why did you like this uh, honestly, man, it, it's always the cliche thing to say the best camp I've ever had, but like for not just me, but for us four, it's, I feel like it's the best I've ever seen everyone look. It's the best I've ever felt everyone. Um, some sparrings in the past, you know, some days you, you know, you get in, you whoop everyone. Some days you, you get your licks, but the difference is like, like right now I could go around with Brad and like, you don't know how that round will go. Like, it wasn't always like you're having a good sparring and having a bad sparring session. It was each round was different. Even if the first round was good, the second round could be shit for me because everyone was getting that good and everyone was adapting so well. So we're all on form right now, man. It's crazy. 
Wow. Um, and so, so it, it all comes together, but now you're in, in Vegas. So you have to stay there for two days and then you're going to fly to Abu Dhabi. Is that accurate? Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Um, and, and so, uh, this fight coming together and, and you guys fighting in Abu Dhabi, there was some talk that maybe it would happen in Vegas at the apex. Now it's in Abu Dhabi. Do you like the fact that it's in the bigger cage as opposed to the smaller cage or would you have preferred the smaller cage or do you not care? I don't care. I don't know why people like it boggles me how like that's actually a factor in people's minds because people keep forgetting about my kickboxing world title fight in like a small ass ring with corners. And I was still able to fight a guy that was just walking me down, throwing leg kicks and big hooks and stuff. And I was able to use footwork to get around him and keep tapping him and, you know, doing my thing. So this is not. I mean, look at Tavares when I fought him. That was a smaller cage, but it was a different fighter. Um, this, I don't, I don't really think it makes a difference if you just know what you're doing with your feet. Okay, my understanding was that the uh, the government not jokes. <laughs> they wanted you. Abu Dhabi wanted you. That was a big deal. Did yeah, you know this? Ah, uh, first I'm hearing of it, but I'm not surprised. Um, I, I uh, I'm, I'm acquainted with some people over there, so I'm, I'm glad. Um, they. They requested me. This is the first time hearing of it. How'd okay. you hear about it? I mean, they they don't call me the nose for nothing, is he? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know? Come on, is he? Don't, don't, that's like me saying, "How did you throw that lightning quick jab?" I mean, come on now, is he? Come on, dog. Uh, let me ask you. Can can I ask about the Harry? We went from blonde to pink to now nothing. Why? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I'll tell you after the fight. It'll make sense after the fight. Oh. But also just, yeah, I know, you know, you know how it is. I can't give you everything. But, okay. um, yeah, it, it just, I mean, you can't dye your hair all the time. I, I had it blonde and I, I, I re-dyed it again and did pink. I like healthy hair. If you, if you dye it too much, it's, I don't know, you don't know. I don't know. It's also seeps into your scalp. I don't want that in your brain too much, you know. Um, also healthy hair. Yeah. So it's just the timing was right. But but there's a there's a like a symbolism to the pink and a symbolism to why you got rid of it altogether. Mm, it shows itself later on. It never like some of the, even the tattoos I get sometimes like I'll get them just because I'm like it looks cool. But then the symbolism reveals itself later on. So I'll reveal it later on when it fully blooms, if you will. Okay. Uh, you had that exchange on SportsCenter with Paolo. What did you make of it after the fact? Were you happy with that? Uh, yeah, it is what it is. I'm not, I don't know. It was just, it was a bit awkward at first because even like when they uh, put the thing on and I don't think they were recording yet. I was talking to him, asking him how many times he's been tested because I got tested, I think that week, twice uh, by surprise. <laughs> I was giving him shit. Um, and he was trying to give me shit. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just weird. He's showing me his tits. I don't, don't know. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> is that a legit, is that, is that a legit concern for you? Like, do you, do you still feel like, I know you've accused him in the past, no, no. but like, do you feel like he's not going to be fighting clean? Uh, it's not a concern, but. I've said it even last year when I when I um wanted to fight him. I said it last year. I said I'll pop him before you saw the does, and that just that grows my legacy even more. 
if you know what I mean. Okay, the nose, you know. Tell me, what happened to Uriah Hall and Romero? What happened to Uriah Hall and Romero in terms of why did it get scrapped? Yeah. To be 100% honest, I was told Romero got injured. You were told? Yes. By who? By sources close to his team. By his team. Okay. Okay. That's, that's very convenient. What do you think? Because it never came out on the headlines. It never came out on the headlines that it was an injury. It just said this, the fight was scrapped. And there wasn't really any reason on any headlines. But if the nose knows, the nose knows. <laughs> so, so you're into the conspiracy theories. You think there's more there? With Bro, these if you look under this hat, it's a tinfoil lair. It's a tinfoil lair. Can I just say the, the, the shaved head makes you look very young. Everyone says that. I don't know why. Like, it's it's a thing. Maybe I don't know. It's a well, thing. early Is in your career, Maybe. you had the bald head, right? I did. I did. Yeah, I haven't aged much, so I guess so. It does make me feel young, even with the fade. I like the fade though. I can't wait till it grows back and I can have a little bit of a high top fade. But is that part of the symbolism without looking into it too much? We're going back to the old Izzy, where it's a it's a young Izzy. We're we're trying to remind everyone after all the 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 flack that you received. Y'all must have forgot. Yes. Like, if, yeah, y'all must have forgot. Like, even, even, even in the in, in the prep for this fight, there's some there's some techniques, some moves, some um, styles that I'm bringing back. So yeah, it does. I'm telling you, man, this is I've said this for how many times? Some matrix type shit. Like every time something happens in my life, it's it represents something in a weird way, whether from the past or something in the future or in the present. And yeah, it does. It is a bit of a throwback. And you're going to see some throwback moves in this fight, I guarantee you. Ooh, okay. Anything in particular? Ah, you know, a little one. I'm with some some stuff, yeah. You know, little wrestle. I did some jiu-jitsu back in my day. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've, I've joked with you because, like, you're so forthcoming and you've always been so open and available to the media. But after the Romero fight and with your life changing and you becoming such a big star and congratulations on the, the EA uh, deal and all that. And, and, and you have so much going on. Was there any part of you that was like, you know what, maybe I won't, you know, cause I remember I, I Connor said it, you know, I'm not going to dance for you guys anymore. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to talk to a million people. Has, have you reached that point yet to where it's, it got a little bit too much. And especially after some of the criticism after if you're like, you know what, I don't need you people as much as I thought I did. Mm, that's a good question. That's a really good question, Ariel. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I am more, what's the word? I choose my, I choose who I speak to more carefully, if you will. Because even in New Zealand, I might, I might have a interview with someone and they have a clickbait headline completely out of context with what I said. Um, and that's happened a few times now. So I just... I just block them in real life, like in Black Mary. There's some reporters, I don't even know their names, but I don't talk to anymore because I just, because they, they didn't want too many times for the, for the, for the clickbait. So, yeah, I, um, I'm not there yet, but when I am, if you know, you'll know. But I think you, you'll be all right for now. For now? What did I do? <laughs> I got to keep you on your toes, Ariel. Have I pissed you off? Have I pissed you off? No, no, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. No. Not okay. Yet. 
Have I pissed uh, you off? Have I pissed you off? No, I just, I mean, I keep coming back for more. Here I am for more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think one guy who has, or that at least maybe you don't like is Paulo Costa. Do you like it when it's like, this is, this feels personal, right? I mean, would it be fair to categorize it as such? It's not personal. Not, it's not personal. It's just business. But sometimes I've said this before, it's just some energies don't mix and that's okay. Like I said, I was interviewing with Brett um, after he beat Uriah Hall and he came and stood six feet away from me and just stared at the wall so he can avoid looking at me. And he knew what it was. There was no security there. It was just Brett and Brett can't hold us back. But I wasn't going to do anything. He just had a fight. That would be a sucker move for me to try and jump him or give him shit while he just had a fight. But I remember just staring at him, looking at him, and he didn't want a part of it. So... Yeah, it's just sometimes energies don't mix. So you just, it is what it is. You don't have to like me. I don't have to like you. Fuck it. At least we get to fight and I get to show you. How do you, be, how do you feel about the fact that every time he does an interview, his, his coach, Eric Albarracin, is sitting by his side? That's like that Undertaker shit. Undertaker always had the guy with the urn. Yeah, Paul Bearer. That's, that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, the Paul Bearer. Yeah, he had that guy. So that's pretty much how I see him. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. you, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the Fabricio Verdun versus Stipe Miocic fight from back in the day. Um, and when I was talking about this fight, I, I was thinking like, I, I feel like there's a chance that this fight might play out that way where he comes after you um, and, and you're backing up and given your striking, you can catch him. Um, am I yeah. correct in, in that assessment? I mean, obviously it could go a gazillion different ways, but because he also doesn't like you and there, there's going to be this like, intensity at the very beginning of the fight you're used to fighting you know off your back foot you're, that way you're, yeah you're able to counter do, do you do you feel like the fight will go that way where he will come at you quickly and there will be an opening there to finish it early i think so i feel so but not like that because um Verdum hit him with the t1000 <laughs> like crazy stupid punches and then i was just like why are you punching like that i think i'll give paul a credit he's a lot more sound than that um but so am I is this difference in the levels. But yeah, you're right in, in saying that's um, that's one of the options we have in, in this fight. What kind of buzz, what kind of attention are you getting back home? Like, is this fight feel like a bigger deal than the other ones? Mm, does this fight feel? Nah, not, not like the rubber fight was a huge, the biggest one, like buzz wise back home so far because it was so close and, it was two guys from that neck of the woods. It's hard to beat that. And right now, there's just a lot more happening in the world. But everyone, right now, it's always a buzz in my world, I guess. But I'm talking about the, the, the country-wise, the, the, the Whitaker fight was bigger. Um, yeah, just because it was so close to home and it was two guys from that neck of the woods. But, yeah, it's still a big deal. And I know next week it's going to even get bigger. Like, the closer it gets to the fight, the hype just builds up more and more and more and more. You mentioned things going on in the world. Um, we've seen athletes use the platform that they're on, the spotlight that they're in to talk about racial injustice, social injustice. Uh, do you think closer to the fight, even on fight night? We haven't seen a lot of UFC fighters do it like on the night itself. Do you think that you will do the same? Is this something that you have thought about? Because obviously you've been very vocal about this over the past few months. Yeah, I was uh, with the George Floyd stuff. The, um, the recent killing, I haven't really, I haven't even watched the clip because I, I don't want to react. I want to respond. Because with the George Floyd one, when I think he, my speech was like 
went a bit out there, but I was really angry. Uh, and I think everyone was rightfully so because it was so blatant and so fresh. And it just seems like it keeps happening. There's like been how many in the last few weeks alone, you know? Uh, it's it's like, yeah, we know about it now. Like, what are we going to do about it? Like, there's, it's time for action. I don't know how else I can, like, bring awareness. If you're not aware of what's happening right now, fucking hell. But it's time for action. And it's about taking action in your own. Because I can't change the world, Ariel. I'm one man. But... I can make changes in my world, you know? And as a black man, I've been doing that all my life, you know, especially in the Western world. So I keep the same energy. I just keep doing what I've done all these years and educating people, calling people out, shit like that. But um, yeah, as far as awareness, I don't know what else we can do to bring awareness because I'm pretty sure everyone should be aware of what's happening right now and should be pissed off. So if you're not pissed off, fucking hell. I don't know. I don't know what to say to you. Well, I do, but I won't say it on here. Mm. Yeah, do you regret what you said after the the George Floyd? Fuck no. Nah. Okay. I was pissed okay. off. Nah. I was I was angry. I was really angry, and I expressed my emotions, rightfully so. And yeah, I don't regret. I just thing is, when when a certain narrative gets pushed constantly and it keeps happening, I just have to step back as a person and look back and be like. Right. What what do they want from us? What are they trying to get out of this? You know, looking into BLM, who funds it, all that kind of stuff. Like, so I have to step back and look and be like, okay, what what are you trying to get out of this? So that's why I said with the recent stuff that's happening, instead of reacting, because that's what they want. They want you to react and they want people to go against each other. So instead of reacting, I step back and I look and I respond rather than react. So that's what I'm doing instead. Okay, uh, just a couple more. But fuck no, I don't regret it though. I just, yeah, I was pissed off, and, I, and like I said, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yep, absolutely. Uh, did you get a new cat? No, not yet. I didn't get a new cat. No, my girl did. Ah, okay. Because you know, I, I saw I the new one. Yes, and I was like, oh, I was wondering if you you got a new one. I know the the loss of your your cat really. In the room. Yeah. RIP. Now I'm not, I wasn't gonna get a new one, but you know, women. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, eventually when I get uh my my compound, like when no one can ever run over my cat, that's when I'm gonna get a new cat. But right now, I'll enjoy hers. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, are you smiling? Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, looks like a lovely cat. Uh, Robert Whitaker is fighting the following month against. Jared Kennanier, would it be fair to say that maybe you're you're rooting for Jared because that's a fresh matchup for you? I actually DM Jared. Um, I've been oh. following him for a while, but then I, I DM'd him and I saw like he's been, you know, like because sometimes I can't see all your DMs because they get pushed into a different folder. Yeah. And I saw he's just been supporting me over the like course of my UFC career. And I, I just sent him a message. And I was like, bro, thanks so much for the support. Just reading your messages, like. After each win, he was always just showing me love. And I told him, you destroy Robert, like he's next. I want to fight him next, to be honest. He, he destroys Robert or makes a statement, you know what I mean? I want him next because that's, that's, a, that's a really formidable opponent. That's the dark horse in the division. And I feel like that would be some, some Black Panther versus Killmonger type shit. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking to, you know, to find to the future, but I've set it up already. And I DM'd him this, and he said, I'm on my way. 
is. So that's respect. I, I love that. And he's such a nice guy. He's always a genuine dude. I met him, I can't remember, I think New York or Vegas, one of the fights. Um, and he's always just been a genuine dude, like real recognized, real. And I can feel him like he's a soul brother. Mm. But just because you're a soul brother, you know, brothers fight. And yeah, sometimes little bro got to take a big bro out. You know, a, a long time ago, I asked Nick Diaz if he was excited for an upcoming fight, and he got so mad at me. He said, don't ever ask me if I'm excited. I don't get excited for fights. This is not something that excites I me. Think, I think I remember that. I think I remember that. And yeah, I mean, it, it, was, uh, it was an interesting exchange, and it always stuck with me. And so I just want to ask you, considering the reaction to the Romero fight, considering how you feel about Costa and the buildup to this fight, would you say you are excited? Is it fair to say you are excited? Or... What is going through your mind 10 or so days before the fight? Who, who is this Israel that we're looking at right now? Right now, I'm calm. I can't, I can't get excited just yet because it, it, excitement, you, it fizzles out sometimes. You gotta, this is a, a, a slow cooker, slow burning flame, and you ramp it up. You turn up the heat closer to the fight. So I can see the finish line. I've seen the finish line like a week ago, and I was like, I could get excited then, but if I do, I'll, you know, you can burn yourself out. And then I've been here before. I've done this over a hundred times. I know how to ramp myself up with fights. I know how to peak just right. And right now I'm just, I'm just chilling, man. It's the calm. This is the calm before the storm. But I'm excited at the prospect of punching and kicking this guy in the face. There's so much, there's so much I want to do to this guy. But like I said, jelly. I'm just chilling, man. Just to cool my tempo real slow. Yeah, I noticed a couple of weeks ago you said you're, you're fit AF and you might have to pull it back. I did five rounds today with Eugene on the pads, and I think my heart might have like skipped a beat in the fifth round. Wow! Like I might have had a little bit of a, and it was a pace. It was like you know one two one two three two three four ba 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 like a high pace. Like fucking Kai was on before me. He was on the pads before me. Like flyweight pace. Uh, yeah, I'm fit. There's nothing, and that's one thing. I it's. You have to understand. You look at Ariel. They see this. I'm still hype. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love hype. I'm still all hype. But 75 and 5 in kickboxing, 19 and 0 currently in MMA, UFC world champion in under two years. And they still call me hype. But luckily, I love hype. Luckily, I love hype. I've beaten, wait, he's only beaten two guys in the top 15. Two. I've beaten six. That's triple the amounts he's beaten. And I'm still hype. You're lucky I love hype. Like They're lucky I love the hype because if not, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? How am I all hype? But I like the hype. I love the hype and I embrace the hype. So yeah, it's all hype. Last question for me. And that was a tremendous uh, answer there. Thank you. Um, May of 2009 was the first time and the last time that two undefeated Male fighters. Oh, UFC fought. 98. Yes. Leota Machida versus yeah. Rashad Evans. Where was Rashad Evans, yeah. Israel Desanya that day? Did you even watch that fight? I was there. I remember. I was at my friend Hayden Gill, um, his house, watching it on the projector. And I remember UFC 92, Rashad beat Forrest Griffin. And I was, I've always been a Rashad fan since the uh, top two. Um, so, yeah, when I watched it, I was rooting for Rashad, and then I hated Machida for a while after that. Like, screw Machida. But then I think it was at UFC 104. 
he fought Shogun, and I had Shogun winning. But then they gave it to Machida, and I was just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So I was dark on Machida for a few after that. But I'm still a fan. He's, he's cool. He's a respectable guy. Um, but, yeah, I remember. I'm still just a fan, though. It's hard these days because I'm a big boy, and I've got responsibilities, and I can't watch all the cards. Like, actually, I can't. I haven't even watched the last card, the, the card before that. It's just because I have responsibilities, and I, I pick fights sometimes to watch. But um, I'm still just a fan, bro. Still just a fan. I love it. And here we are 11 years later, just the second time in UFC history, in modern UFC history, that two undefeated male fighters will fight for the undisputed title. Uh, and, and shout out to me, Izzy. I didn't ask you about John Jones. I didn't ask you about Darren Till. I didn't, I didn't play the usuals. I didn't play the usual Man. hit. How about that? So I like you. This is why I said I like you. <laughs> Thank you. For now. Thank you. For now. For now. Uh, Izzy, uh, for now, good luck. <laughs> Safe travels to Abu Dhabi. I appreciate this as always. Respect. Wow. Peace. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let's turn our attention over to the co-main event on next Saturday night's pay-per-view, UFC 253 in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island. He is the pride of Poland. He is the man going up against Dominic Reyes for the vacant UFC light heavyweight title. He's the one and only Jan Bojovic, who's kind enough to join us right now on the program. Jan, how are you? How are you? I'm doing really well. Now, uh, I want to I talk to you first things first about where you are. You're currently in London in quarantine, correct? Yes. Uh, we arrived today uh, and we're going to stay here 48 hours in our rooms. We, can don't, we cannot move anywhere. So it's going to be boring time, but... Uh, anyway, I think I needed because uh, the, the the camp was short but really hard. You know, a lot of interviews, a lot of uh, shows. Uh, I have to to make. I have to do because this is title shot. So everybody will, you know, uh, in Poland, this is a historic moment for for us. So uh, it's good for me. Then I now I'm gonna have you know 48 hours time only for me. And for you. <laughs> and I appreciate that very much. Uh, what do you plan on doing to pass the time? I mean, you literally can't leave your room, right? Yes. So I, I'm, I'm going to do, you know, uh, I've got book, I've got Nintendo, I've got Netflix, so I'm not going to be boring. I do some, you know, stretching, some light workout, because this is something what I have to do. Uh, and that's it. And waiting for, for, uh, for the end of the quarantine. Yeah, and, and from there, uh, after the quarantine is over, if all goes well, then you fly to Abu Dhabi, correct? Same. But uh, in the Abu Dhabi, I will be with my coach in the room, so we're going to train a little bit harder, you know? Okay, that's good. Yeah, that, that makes a big difference, of course. A, I, I hear that we're going to have a big room with the mat, so we can do our training. Okay. Um, you mentioned the attention that this fight got in, in Poland, in your home country. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. How big of a deal is this? Are you getting a lot of buzz and attention and, and interview oh, requests and all that because you're fighting for the belt? Yes, it's really big. You know, it's really big in Poland. Everybody says that this is the biggest uh, MMA fight uh, in Poland. So 
Wow. Uh, when they say that, it's, you know, it sounds really good for me, but uh, first of all, I have to, you know, do my job, best what I have to do, uh, won the fight, and then uh, then I'm going to be celebrating and happy. Right now, I'm focused only about the Dominic, about the job, and that's it, you know. But yeah, everybody says this is the most important fight in, in Poland. Do you remember when you first started dreaming of fighting for a UFC title? Like, how long has this been a goal of yours? Oh, I don't remember. A couple of years, you know. All my life, I, I dreamed that I want to be one of the best in the world, you know. Uh, so I started training when I was nine years old. Uh, but like a pro, I started training in 2007. I, I was I do my first fight in 2007. And for this moment, I start thinking that I would like to be the best in the world in MMA. And step by step, finally, I've got the chance to, to you know, to be the champion on the, the biggest organization of MMA. Nine years old. Who, who introduced you to fighting when you were that young? Uh, my mother takes me to the judo gym. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then you fell in love with it. Yeah, just uh, watch the guys. They, they do some, you know, uh, they, throw, they do some fighting, judo, judo fighting. And I just watch and ask my mother, can I go and train? And she, yes, of course. Why not? Let's go. Let's do this. And that's how it started. <laughs> and when you started your fighting career as a pro, obviously Polish MMA wasn't nearly as big as it is today. Who were some of the guys that you looked up to that you tried to emulate and, and pattern well, your first, career after? First, the uh, MMA fighter, what I see was Igor Vovchanchin. Mm. I, I saw his, his highlight and I see my style is completely different. Yeah, but I say, whoa, this guy is amazing. I want to be like him, you know? <laughs> so I think he was the first one. And uh, thanks to him, I am the place. Uh, I love to um, uh, fight in MMA. I, I love MMA, you know, mm. because I watch his highlight. <laughs> And, and I would agree with you. I mean, I think as far as um, male MMA is concerned, this is the biggest fight in Polish MMA history. Obviously, as far as the females are concerned, Joanian Jacek, one of the greatest of all time um, in women's queen, MMA. She will be always uh, our queen. <laughs> yeah. And she has openly uh, supported you and, and given you uh, some kind words. Uh, what is your relationship like with Joanna? No, I know Joanna a couple of years more than 10, I don't remember, maybe maybe 20 years and we know together. I was with her in the uh, Muay Thai national team. So we so we was a couple of times in, you know, in the uh, some competitions. So we know together a long time. I support her always before her fights. She support me. She called to me today uh, with a couple of, you know, good awards. Uh, so, yeah, she sent me a lot of uh, good energy before fights. And this time going to be the same. So. Joanna, thank you. <laughs> I love that. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a very exciting time for you, not only because you're fighting for the UFC title for the first time next weekend, uh, but I do believe you're you're expecting a child as well, correct? Yes. October, yeah? December, sorry. December, uh, I'm going to be a father. <laughs> first so time? It's an amazing year for me, you know. Uh, COVID packed up uh, <laughs> this year for everybody, but for me, it could be the best year <laughs> in my life. Uh, and I believe it's going to be the best year in my life. Uh, will this be your first child? Yes, first child. Wow. Uh, so and, I'm and happy and scary, you know, at the same time. <laughs> I can understand. By the way, uh, who did you just ask uh, The what month? My, 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 my fiance, she's, uh, she's here with me. She also is my manager, so that's why she's traveling with me always. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so your fiance is also your manager. She's coming with you to Abu Dhabi. What is that like to have your fiance... Do your, your negotiations and whatnot. 
pretty good, you know. She she does her job really good. You know, we do this together a long time and work really well. So I'm proud that, that I have her with me. <laughs> that is great. Um, obviously, uh, a big story going into this fight is the fact that John Jones is no longer the champion. What was your reaction when you found out? Because it looked like he was actually campaigning to fight you for a minute uh, for the light heavyweight title, especially after your win over Corey Anderson. What was your reaction when you found out that he was giving up the title and moving up to heavyweight? Were you ultimately surprised? Surprised because when he started talking about that he will quit, uh, he will never fight again. Then after that he started talking that he want more money, and after that he started talking that he will go to heavyweight. So that was the the time that I start thinking, okay, something is going bad in his head, something is not good. So I think maybe he will uh, leave the belt, and it, and he do this. So I wasn't surprised, you know. Were you disappointed? And I, I just don't, don't care, you know. Uh, I'm happy that I'm going to fight against Dominic Reyes because he almost beat him, you know. So it was really close. He lost the fight, but it was like this, you know. Mm. And I'm happy that I can fight against Dominic uh, for the belt. And right now, I don't think about John Jones. I don't care about him, but in the future, I will catch him. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So that was a portion of my conversation with Jan Bohovic. Uh, the full interview will be out later this week on the ESPN MMA YouTube page. So definitely stay tuned for that. I'm looking forward to that fight. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people sleeping on it. And uh, great to see the, the evolution of his, his uh, English speaking. He's gotten a lot better. He's improved greatly. So thank you very much to the pride of Poland, Jan Bohovic. Now, uh, let us change gears. I'm very excited about this interview with Goran Dragic. He is one of the best players in the NBA. He is leading the Miami Heat right now in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like I said, leading scorer after game one, massive win for them with a great block at the end of overtime. They are the darlings of the bubble right now, along with the Denver Nuggets. Let's give a shout out to Chuck Mendenhall's Denver Nuggets, but who would have thought at the beginning of this season that they would be in the Eastern Conference Finals? But don't fret. If you're not an NBA fan, don't fret. This man is a massive MMA fan, and he will surprise you and I think impress you with his knowledge and love and appreciation of the sport that we all love so dearly. So here's my conversation with the dragon himself, Goran Dragic. And now let us head over to Orlando, Florida, and specifically inside the NBA bubble where it is a massive honor for me to say hello to the starting point guard for the Eastern Conference finalist Miami Heat, the Heat, by the way, who are up 1-0 on the Boston Celtics, the one and only Goran Dragic, who is a massive MMA fan who I've wanted to talk to about mm -hmm. MMA for quite some time, but who is in the midst of the Eastern Conference finals right now. This is amazing stuff for me. So, uh, Goran, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. So. 
Uh, I'm a huge uh, fan of the National Basketball Association and of yours as well. So it's, it's a really big honor, especially in the midst of the playoffs. And I want to talk to you about your love of mixed martial arts. That's yeah. I wanted to have you on. But first, I'd be remiss if I don't talk to you about what's happening with the Heat and, and specifically what happened yesterday. Uh, if I would have told you, Goran, back in September of last year, almost exactly a year ago as training camp started, you guys, and, and I know you wouldn't believe that you'd be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals in September, but that you would make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, that you'd be up 1-0. Honestly, would you have believed me? No. If I'm honest, no. But, um, you know, at the Heat culture, they always, um, you know, they always playing for a championship. doesn't matter what kind, what kind of team we have. And uh, we have a lot of different pieces. You know, we had Jimmy Butler, then we we had Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, and um, you know we we have all these players who can play. But of course, you need to put that together as a team. And um, you know we struggled at the beginning of the season, but finally fig- we figure out how to play as a team. And I think so. Coach Poe did an amazing job, you know, to guide us. Uh, you have seen a lot in your career. You have been through a lot. Is this the most fun that you've ever had? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, uh, the, you know, my second year in the league, I was with the Suns. We made conference finals, and we lost to the Lakers. You know, Kobe Bryant was unbelievable in this series, and um, yeah, this is probably one of the 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 best years that I was in the, that I am in the league. You know, I'm having fun. The team is playing well, and um, you know, everybody counts us out at the beginning of the season, so it it makes even better now. The team is playing well, but my friend, you are playing well as well. You, you were the leading scorer last night, 29 points, incredible game for you. Um, and it was interesting because obviously you're on the bench um, after getting injured and Kendrick Nunn yeah. uh, gets a starting spot. And then, you know, he has COVID and doesn't um, rejoin the team. Can you describe what this year has felt like for you? Like you have the starting spot, you don't. Now you're leading the squad in the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. What are the emotions that you are feeling? Um you know, if I go back to the beginning of the season, I had a meeting with Spo, and he told me, hey, gee, I think it would be better if you come from the bench. And, you know, I was in shock. I was, um, you can say, pissed. Um, you know, I had a lot of raw emotions, but in the end, I accept that role because I know I'm not young anymore. I'm 34 years old, and I had a knee injury. So I said, okay, let, you know, let me just try to be um, kind of a, um, you know, focus on the coming from the bench and try to do the best thing that I can do and play basketball. And my goal was to win a six man of the year. Unfortunately, I didn't. But, um, you know, just my uh, thought process, I was never, I was never away. I was always focused on, on my task and help the team. And I think so that helped me through my whole season. Uh, everyone's still buzzing over what Pam Adebayo did at the end of the game last oh, yeah. night. What is going through your mind as Jason? Because you look at the photo, it looks like it's going to be an easy dunk and an incredible dunk. Yeah. Do you remember what you were thinking as he was rising up? And then, of course, when Bam blocked him? I mean, I just saw Tatum exploded to, to go to a dunk. And from nowhere, Bam came and blocked that shot. And it was unbelievable block. I mean, basically, the ball was all, already inside the c- cylinder. But I don't know how he how he pulled this off. I was, of course, happy. Um, you know, that was a really huge game for us, especially throughout the game. We were always down double digits. And to come back and win that game is something special. 
Incredible. Um, well, the games have been amazing. And can I just ask you one other basketball question? Because we are coming off game seven of Clippers and Nuggets. Uh, I actually worked the Heat Clippers game in January. If you would have told me that the Heat would still be in the playoffs and the Clippers out at this juncture, I don't know if I would have believed you as well. Are you shocked to see them out and especially after being up 3 1? I am shocked. Yeah, I am shocked. But uh, then, you know, you ha- we have to give credit to Denver Nuggets. I mean, even if you go back to the last season, they played two, two series, game sevens, and this, this, uh, this season too. So, um, you know, Jokic is unbelievable, Murray too. Um, and yeah, Clipper, they just didn't look right to me in this bubble, you know, especially the last few, two, three games, they didn't connect as a team. And uh, I think some that Denver took away the momentum and win that game, win that series. Uh, I, I can bother you with a lot of NBA questions, but I, I will stop here. Maybe at the end, I'll ask you a couple more. But now I want to talk to you about mixed martial arts because, yeah. Goran, I have to be honest, you know, I noticed maybe a year or so ago, I would, you know, write things on Twitter and whatnot, and you would like it. I'll be like, what? Goran Dragic is, is liking my MMA tweets. What's going on here? I had no idea you were an MMA fan. So tell me, when did you start becoming a fan of MMA? Um, a long time ago, basically, uh, when it was a K-1. Grand Prix, um, you know, my, my Mirko Krokop Filipovic, he was my, one of my favorite fighters, you know, and I'm coming from that part of Europe, you know, used back in the day, we were former Yugoslavia, and, um, you know, he was something spectacular to me, how he was, um, you know, knocking down guys with that left high kick was something that I never, you know, it, it not only happened once or twice, Basically, that was his signature move and was crazy. I was always blown away with that move. So, Yeah, I believe it was a right kick cemetery, left kick hospital, right? Oh, the, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, from there on, I just uh, start watching. And then, of course, when Conor McGregor exploded, you know, everybody will start watching. Me too. But just in general, I'm a huge MMA uh, fan. I love watching those fights and to all those fighters you know heads down because you know to basically to risk your life inside the cage and give everything what you have is something truly amazing to me so would you say like if 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 you can't watch nba obviously that's your job but you love it as well is is mixed martial arts your favorite sport to watch it's uh soccer and and mma yeah those two those two sports i watch i can watch 24 7 wow um of course if you know when i'm middle of the season I try to stay away as much as possible from basketball you know not watch basketball so much so I'll watch UFC and soccer I noticed uh, just a couple of weeks ago you were tweeting about UFC 252 you guys were watching it so are, yeah. are you able to watch the events while you're in the bubble maybe you have a lot of free time over there right yes yes we do um you know Miles Leonard he's a huge fan too oh wow so, you know, it's a bunch of guys you know we uh we usually um talk and you know, before the fight, who you got and what, who who going to win. But usually, yeah, if you have time, we, we would sit down and watch together. So so who are your guys right now? Like, who are your favorites? When when they fight, you have to watch them. Um, Adesanya. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for Adesanya versus Costa. I think so that's going to be an amazing fight. Then this, this fight that is coming up, uh, Cummington versus Woodley. <laughs> I think so that's going to be an amazing fight because... I mean, Woodley, we all know he got uh, that knockout power. And uh, Cummington really surprised me when he fought Kari Usman. 
I mean, I think so they were in five rounds, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Yep. And man, I, I was blown away, you know, to to be there for five rounds with Usman and to, you know, exchange shots and it's it's something special. So and of course Khabib, I mean that that's the guy that <laughs> it's 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 unbelievable. You know, to be twenty four and oh I think so it's twenty four no uh, if I'm not uh, twenty twenty eight. Oh twenty eight. Twenty eight yeah. and oh it's it's something mind blowing to me. Especially how he's crushing all the all the opponents putting on the ground and just ground and pound. It's something unbelievable to me. Okay, so let me ask you, Covington Woodley, who do you have? Oh that's a tough one. I'll take Woodley. Woodley, okay. Even you though know, he lost I, two in a row. Yes, that's why I'm taking him though. Because um, I got a feeling, you know, he was great. He won a couple of belts and he was defending. But I think so he he went away a little bit of his identity, you know. Mm. And now that he lost two, I think so now he's going to come out and hopefully gun blazing, you know, what he does <laughs> the best. So. Uh, Izzy Costa, I would imagine you're, you're pulling for Izzy? Yes, but it's going to be it's going to be a tough fight. But uh, I have confidence in in Adesanya. I mean, he's unbelievable. But you know, Costa. We all know Costa gonna gonna put everything. I mean, he likes to attack. He likes to fight openly. So that's gonna be interesting. To me. And do you think Gaethje has a chance to to pull off the upset? You know what? That that's uh, <laughs> that's one of those fights that uh, you know you you let, you're saying I'm already seen it 28 times and nobody could beat. Khabib, but then if I look back how Gaethje fought Ferguson, I was like, whoa, you know, he really dismantled him. I mean, I would not say dismantle him, but, you know, all those five rounds, he was the better guy. And, you know, he got a great, um, I think so, his left, left hook or right. I mean, he's great with hands. Mm. So, you know, the fight starts standing. So, um he got a chance, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm still, I still think Khabib gonna gonna win. By the way, do you train or have you ever trained? You know what? <laughs> I did a little bit back home. Um, I trained a little bit, but it's uh, you know it's hard off season. Yeah, I'm usually more into uh, uh, individual basketball stuff. But cardio wise, I go into gym. I box a little bit, but um, I'm not good at it. So. I've asked a, a few players, um, Darren Williams, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, they all kind mm. of like say they like it, but the teams don't really like if you do that sort of thing, right? Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, especially if you are like Porzingis, franchise player, that's a little yeah. bit different, you know. But uh, yeah, you need to be careful, you know, off season is try to get better on the floor and try to rest, recover and be ready for next season. And, you know, for me... I mean, I was always a freelancer. Um, I always tried to play different sports in off-season, playing tennis, soccer. Then, you know, why not um, boxing too a little bit? So, The reason I asked you that is because, I don't know if you know this, on YouTube, there's like a three-minute, maybe it's a little longer than three minutes, maybe five minutes or something like that, but it has around three million views compilation video of you just getting beat up throughout oh, your yeah, career. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm a, hey, uh, look, You're a tough I'm, guy. Yeah, you can take a punch. Know. Exactly, exactly. I have really high uh, pain uh, tolerance. You know? Yes. Um, be because when I was a kid, I, I did fight a lot when I was a kid, and I was a little bit troublemaker. 
yeah, in school, mostly school, yeah. And usually I would get into the, uh, you know, troubles. But after that, when I went to basketball, you know, it kind of changed. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it, basketball, it's a little bit physical too at, at some times. Especially, you know, I'm a point guard, so I need to battle through a lot of screens. Right. Those, those big guys are setting a lot of, um, you know, tough screens. So, yeah, you know, broke my nose. Um Got stitches on my eyes, lose my tooth. Yeah, just normal stuff. The black eye from a few years. The black eye. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you've gotten in there with like Jordan Clarkson and Demar Derozan, all these guys. Do you think that your love of like is there a part of you that's like, (laughs) yeah, I watch MMA. I could take these guys. These. What What do you think? Like, does it inspire you? Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, you know, uh, you know, some of those guys are big guys, man. (laughs) So, but uh, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm a competitor. I'm. I'm fearless. I, I want to win. And I think so that's something that, um, you know, if we have to fight, you know, why not? I have, I have my man UD in my corner. Udonis yes. Haslam, Mr. 305. So, you know, he's, he's always there to watch out my back. Uh, you also had uh, James Johnson, right? And Who, J- yes, correct. He has a great a martial arts background, his family as well. Yeah. I, he got a black belt. Or- yes. Yeah, and he, I think I he mean, has seven amateur fights. Seven and oh, no? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a beast. He just, uh, he can do a lot of different stuff. I mean, he's athletic, he's strong, and yeah, he's one of the guys we, we will hide behind him, you know, in yeah. something break. <laughs> uh, so, so what is it like, like when there's a big fight, let's say like Izzy Costa or, or DC Stipe last month, does the yeah, team Yeah, watch that too. Do you guys get together and watch together or do you watch alone? No, not the, uh, sometimes together, but not the whole team. Usually it's few guys, but uh, usually I watch alone in my room. I always watch those fights and, um, you know, I'm, I'm just having fun. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. For me, you know, MMA is, you have to be good at so many different skills on the ground you know jujitsu wrestling then standing it's so if you don't have one thing good you can get exposed pretty quickly so that's something that you know it's really unique can i ask uh, what's your favorite fight of all time is there one that comes to mind uh i don't remember was a i think so cowboy was versus who was it i don't remember right now Okay, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. Cowboys fighting this weekend, by the way. I know, uh, Price, no? Yeah, man, you really keep yeah. up with the news. How do you, how do you no, have time I, for this? You're I, in the I, Eastern I, Conference I, Finals. Yeah, but we have a lot of free time, you know, we're in the bubble. So <laughs> that's we, right. <laughs> not, yeah, I'm, that's going to be an interesting fight too. You know? Two wild um, guys. Yep. And, you know, Cerrone lost a couple of those fights. And, yep. I mean, he's, he's a beast too, you know, to, to be that age and... To, to have, I don't know, 50 fights behind him, something like that is something unbelievable. What about a dream fight, a fight that you want to see happen that we never got to see? GSP, Khabib, something like that? Uh, John Yes, Jones, yes, that, yes, that one. That one. That Khabib one. versus GSP, yeah. I think so that would be an amazing fight. Probably one of the biggest fights in MMA history. Yeah. And you know, so GSP, please come back, man. <laughs> there you go. Goran wants you back, the dragon. What, what yeah. about... What about Connor? Where do you where do you fall on him? Because some people love him, are tired, are disappointed, want him to come. What's your take on Connor right now? 
Uh, I don't know, man. He's all over the place right now. Um, I don't know if that's true. I just saw some news in France, but um, I wish he can come back, you know, because he's a tremendous fighter. I, lo I love his trash talking. I think so. He's the best in the business. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I want to I see that fight again, Khabib versus Conor. Yeah. You know, why not? I mean, at least if, I don't know how many fights he got left on his contract, three or two. Who, Conor? Yeah. Uh, he's got, I think, four. Four left, so yeah. you know, maybe give him one, one uh, you know, warm up fight, and then maybe, maybe, play out that Gaethje versus Khabib, and he maybe fight the loser. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then maybe, <laughs> you know, the winner of those two. So, uh, and you know, you, we have Tony Ferguson here too. I would lo love to see Conor versus Tony Ferguson. And I know there's a lot of MMA going on, but. Uh... Do you get to watch other MMA or just UFC? Like, do you watch Bellator as well? Are you that no, hardcore? I just UFC. Bellator, okay. I, I watch a few few fights, but uh, I, I don't watch Bellator so much. The UFC is my main thing right okay. now. Yeah. Are you but uh, I just watched the other day. I, I watched the, what's her name? Karate Cutie versus uh, Hill. Karate Hottie. <laughs> yeah, Hottie, my bad. <laughs> yes, against that Angela That was Hill. a great fight too. Five rounds. They was, oh man, girls are tough. They are. They, you know, it was a close fight. Uh, if you go the other way to Hill, I would not be mad either. So. Right. I scored it for Hill, uh, three yeah. to two. It was close. Um, but a great fight. I agree with you. Yeah. Are, are you. Are you getting bored over there in the bubble? I mean, obviously things are good, but like, are, are you starting to lose your mind a little bit? Not really. If you're winning, we're okay. Okay. You know, I always say if you're winning, the food tastes better. Yeah. You sleep better. Everything feels better. I do miss my family. Um, you know, my my wife and my both kids, they're back in Europe. Okay. Um, and, they're uh, not coming? You know, no. We, we You know, we decided as soon as we went to the bubble that they're going to go back to Europe. Mm. You know, my wife, she got more help with grandparents. And the situation over, over there is a little bit more safer. You know, I'm from Slovenia. It's only 2 million people. So, you know, we control the virus a little bit better. So, M Mentally, has this gone easier or, or tougher than you thought? Like just the, the routine of being in a hotel room every day, same spot, same food, same, being around your teammates, no separation, no family. You know, in June, what were your expectations and how did it play out now, like being there for so long? Um, I mean, it's tough. I'm not going to lie, it's tough. But at the same time, uh, we are such a close group, close team. You know, we really like each other. We hang out all the time. And I think so that helps a lot, you know, especially, um, you know, to hang out on a free time. We go play golf, fishing. Uh, with Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, we play cards all the time. And, um, you know, just try to, you know, clear our minds and, when it's time for basketball, just play basketball and be ready. But uh, like I said, I you know we all miss our families. That's that's the biggest part. So. Yeah, I believe you played golf for the first time in your life in the bubble, right? Yes, <laughs> I did. I went uh, first time, and first time uh, I went and played 18 holes. Oh my! And it was, and it was too much. <laughs> my ball was all over the place. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with the first time. Uh, you know, when I'm going to be done, when I retired, I don't know when though, but um, I'm going to pick up golf for sure. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but my friend Daniel Cormier, he's a very uh, serious golfer these days because he just retired. Oh, yeah. So maybe I can get you guys together for a little game. 
Yeah, and I heard he got a daughter, so congrats, DC. Oh, man, you really keep up on the news. This is amazing. I, I, <laughs> MMA, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a huge fan, man. So. I love it. Uh, two, two last quick questions, if I can. Uh, how's the Jimmy Butler $20 coffee? How does it taste? Awesome. awesome. Is he really but, brewing it there? Yes, he got everything. You should see that. He got all these machines. People are sending him coffee. <laughs> He's now making his own T-shirts. And uh, I mean, Jim is just unbelievable guy. He is a character. I love him. The best teammates that I ever had. And, um, you know, he's our leader. And, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. We always say we want, we want him to be happy and to do his thing because we're going to follow him. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch you guys together. It was also amazing to see that photo that you posted of the Balkan brothers. And you oh, guys yeah. did very well, you and Jokic and every, I mean, you guys, are, you guys are killing it. What was that like? You know, you would never be in a situation like this, right? Maybe if you're playing for the national teams, you're around each other, but to be together in these circumstances, what was it like to, to get, and I'm assuming you did it multiple times, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's great. You know, it's always nice to see those guys and, you know, we share the same culture. We're coming from the same area and uh, yeah, we, one, one day uh, we grabbed dinner and basically everybody showed up and we just talked a little bit. You know, most of those guys, we know each other when we was 14, 15 years old. We play against each other and, um, you know, we basically, we have a good time. One of, one of the nights, basically, we were in the restaurant. We, uh, we had dinner and after that, we just turned restaurant to a club. <laughs> you know listen to the music having fun and um you know you need to relax too when you have a days off so sure a any of those guys mma fans as well uh no not really wow okay yeah. Jokic, Jokic like horses Hor i heard yes <laughs> and uh you know uh nikola vucevic he's a soccer fan he likes juventus Mm -hmm. And you know Luca. Luca is my guy. Luca, I don't know. Luca like like soccer too, but he's 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 still young, man. He's he's unbelievable. Incredible, I, I, right? I, he was my roommate in a national team, and we had a European Championship. We played the finals versus Serbia, and the day, the night before, I couldn't sleep. I was nervous. I was sweating and everything. I looked left. Luca is snoring, he's out, and, you know, then he doesn't feel no pressure. He Amazing. just go out there and plays, and it's unbelievable. What a joy to watch him, right? To, to see someone so young, so good. Yeah. It feels like we're watching the beginning of Magic Johnson's career, right? Like, that exactly. he doesn't get five championships, something went horribly yeah. wrong, right? Exactly. And, you know, he's not fast, he's not athletic, but he plays in his own pace. And he's such a great player. Basically, he can do everything. Mm. And the funny thing, I know Luca when he was five years old. Wow. I played with his dad. His dad was my mentor. Oh, wow. So we would play a game and Luca would be a ball boy, you know, watching our games. And he would always have a sandwich in his hands or basketball ball. And even, even you know, back in the day, you can see he got a, a great touch for basketball. So. That's and, now he, and now he's in all uh, NBA team, first team, so. Unbelievable. And you are in the final four, my friend, uh, just the, the second time in your career, like you said. Uh, what would it mean to finally get – I mean, you could do it. You guys could do it. Goran, no one believes in you, but now they're starting to believe. I think you're even the favorite going into this series. Now, of course, you're 1-0. Clippers are gone. Bucks are gone. Yeah. This is 
in, in the bubble, right? It's different, right? There's no home court advantage. Exactly. It's all equal. You guys could do this. What, what, is it, what does it mean to you? What does it feel like right now? I mean, it's, it means everything to us. You know, the, you know, the title is for grabs. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I mean, first of all, we only win one game. Sure, sure. You know, Boston is the unbelievable team. We need to, to play even better than the last night. But, yeah, we, we feel comfortable. We, we know that we have enough weapons, enough guys who can play. And, uh, you know, we're going for it. So. Well, I wish you nothing but the best, my friend. What a huge, this was a huge thrill for me, really, uh, to Thank talk you. to you. And I'm, I'm so happy for your success. And I'm so happy to hear that you're such a big fan. It was really cool when I started I to see you show up on, on my timeline. Uh, now I'm going to start tweeting to you, too. So. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. I want some more. I know you tweet on Fight Night here and there, but we yeah, want yeah. more MMA tweets now. And I love your, uh, your singing of uh, Bad Boys. <laughs> yeah, that. I'm bad at seeing you too. So. It's good, man. You guys are having fun and, and I love how close-knit the team is. It's really yeah. a joy to watch you guys compete together. So uh, all the best to you. Thank you for doing this and good luck Thank in game two and the rest of the way. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me and all the best to you and to all the fans. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Oh, how much fun was that? I could do one of those every single week. Thank you so much to Goran and, and good luck to him in the heat as they try to continue to shock the world and win the NBA title. All right, now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time for TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week. And as always, it is brought to you by Modelo. Modelo Especial. Setting the gold standard for authentic Mexican beer since 1925. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. TST's Minimalist Tip of the Week. Errol, you accuse me of all, all the time of spreading minimalist propaganda, and I'm just here to say that you can call it anything else. You can call it, you don't have to call it minimalism. You can call it essentialism. You can call it intentionalism. Whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, all these principles remain the same. And what minimalism is all about is about bringing things, people, actions intentionally into your life. And you got me thinking earlier this week on DC and Helwani, as you talked about oat milk, which is of the health variety. So I myself am a very health conscious person in terms of what I put into my body. And one way that I intentionally monitor what goes in and out of my body is another great app. It's called My Fitness Pal. I've used it very much in the past where you just, if you're trying to be more 
uh, cognizant of your fitness, what you're putting in your body. You want to know more about the foods and drinks and all the calories and all the macro micronutrients for all you health nuts out there like me. My fitness pal is a great way to monitor it and is a very intentional way of living. So check it out. I appreciate that. I appreciate the nod about the uh, the oat milk. A lot of people have been hitting me up about that. Uh, even uh, Brian Kelleher of the UFC hitting me up about oat milk. And and by the way, my my wife, Jacqueline, has caught the minimalist bug. And I told her that she did Whoa. because she's been on this uh, rampage in the house, just getting rid of everything. And it's oh, making me it. very uncomfortable. I mean, you should see the stuff that she's getting rid of, chairs and desks and all kinds of stuff, not to mention toys and everything. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if she listens to the podcast secretly, she's never told me that she does like we established on Monday or watch the fights, but uh, she has definitely caught the bug, whatever that bug is. Uh, not not like the bugs that are going around, you know what I'm saying? The minimalist bug. Mm. I just wanna... are, uh, are you going to wish me good luck over these next two weeks here? Good luck with what? You know, uh, Big fight this weekend, then another right. favorite fighter of mine fights next That's weekend. Right. So Colby and Izzy back to big. back. Yes, this is big. Your two favorites back to back. Who couldn't be any more different? That's why we love you. <laughs> what an eclectic taste in fighters. Yes, Colby this weekend. Colby versus Tyron Woodley. Uh, I know you'll be watching with beta breath. You 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 watched him in in uh, in December in Las Vegas, lose to Kamar Usman, and then of course next weekend against. Uh, Paulo Costa, it's Israel Adesanya. So good luck to you. I am looking forward to it. Colby versus Tyron this Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. That's the uh, the prelims, 8 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. That's the main card. It's Rosh Hashanah as well. So when, you, when you're done, you know, uh, celebrating the new year, gather around and watch a little cage fighting. And by the way, again, good luck to the uh, Miami Heat. They return on Thursday on ESPN Radio. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Game 2, Heat and Celtics. Continue, please, to download, rate, subscribe, review. Do all the things that you do to support us. Uh, Got some great feedback recently about the numbers on this podcast. And uh, it really, 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 really warms my heart that you guys are supporting it. So please uh, continue to do so. It means the world. and, And I try more than I'd like to admit to continue to raise the bar each and every week. So thank you so much for supporting this show, which means a lot to me. Mondays, of course, with DC and everything else that we're doing here over on the ESPN MMA side of things. For now, I'm out of time. For Israel Desanya, for Jan Wachowicz, for Goran Dragic, for TST, for all of you, thank you so much. I appreciate you listening and enjoy the fights on Saturday. Back next week, same time, place, till I say peace. I'm out of here.